Hi, my name is Gigi Pora. I'm a forward hockey player at Lindenwood University, and you're listening to College Hockey Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I welcome back a very special guest, Gigi Pora. She is a junior on the Lindenwood women's hockey team and is also one of the nicest people in college hockey as well. Uh, Gigi, welcome to the podcast, and how's everything going? Everything's great. Thank you so much for having me back on. No problem. I'm super happy to have you back on. Now, how's your offseason going, and have you done anything interesting, whether it's hockey-related or non-hockey-related? Yeah, my off-season's been good. I was at home in Ottawa, Ontario, and Canada all summer. I got back kind of mid-May and just got back to school a week ago. So it was really good. I uh, My off-season was great. I was in the gym five times a week working out with Capital Strength. They're a gym based in Ottawa. And I was skating whenever I could in uh, Ottawa as well at a place called Amped. And things were good at home. I served, which is kind of non-hockey related. So I had a job and just spent a bunch of time with my family. Nice. How was it uh, being a waiter, I guess, for the first time? Because something that was told to me was everyone sometime in their life should do one customer service job just because you learn a lot by doing it. Yeah. I mean, the past job I had, I was working at a driving range. So it was a big difference having to like serve people and like interact with people. But I'm a big chatterbox. So it was fun. Nice. Nice. Uh, did you meet any uh, nice people or? Yeah, um, a bunch. That's a good. That's good. Workers. It was nice to have a good balance of work and hockey this summer. So. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I did kind of the same thing, worked at a grocery store. So a little okay. kind of similar customer service but I feel like you have to interact with more people. I kind of just got to stay in the back and stock things. So yeah, a little bit more good. different, but it was kind of a similar thing, I guess. Yeah, good for you. Now, overall, how's your training going? And what were you working on the most during the offseason uh, heading into this upcoming season with uh, Lindenwood? Yeah, um, kind of focused on a lot of the things I focused on last summer because I still have the same things I want to improve on. It was pretty good and uh, I was looking at my speed a lot this summer and my quick first three steps. So I was doing a lot of footwork and also a lot of upper body to get some strength behind my shot. Yeah and was that is that one area of your game you're trying to improve on the most uh, heading into next year or was it something else that you're working on with those things as well? Yeah, I feel like I tend to play a pretty aggressive game, so I prioritize strength a lot, either that being strength behind my strides or the strength in my shot. And I just think that's something that I've always put emphasis in during my offseason because it's just the way I like to play. So, Now, when you're thinking about this past offseason, did you face any challenges because of the pandemic? Because I know the previous offseason, when we talked last time, we talked about some of the challenges you had to face, uh, not having that much ice time and also being very limited in the gym as well, doing more at-home workouts. Did you face similar challenges uh, this offseason, and how did you deal with them? Yeah, surprisingly, I did. I thought I was going back to a non-COVID summer at home, but we were kind of in a bit of a lockdown when I first got at home in Ottawa, so I didn't get to skate until around July. So I was just working on my shot in my basement. I have a hockey room, and I was in the gym pretty much as soon as I got out of quarantine in Ottawa, because when you come back from the States to Canada, you have to do your quarantine. So Almost right away, I was working out again, but the ice, I had to take a bit of a month off. So I was just prioritizing other things like my strength, getting my shot back, working on my hands so that when I had those ice sessions in July before coming here, I could 
be at my best to take advantage of them. When you get back on the ice, how do you try to catch up with everything? Because it's kind of crazy because if you think about your other teammates, they're in different areas in the country and different areas in Canada. So they might be able to go back on the ice as soon as they get home and have more ice time compared to yourself where you had to wait a month until you can get back on ice. So how do you try to catch up and try to be with your teammates skill level uh, when you get back uh, to Lindenwood playing with the team? Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was just preparing myself for when I was going to be back on the ice. So like I said, working on the small things that will make a difference once I'm skating again. But I think that for those first ice sessions after a couple months off, I was just really trying to be easy on myself, tell myself I can go slow at first if I need to, just to build my confidence back up and get a good base to go into the season with. Like, I understood that because of circumstances, I wasn't skating for a bit. So just those first couple of sessions, just being easy on myself and not taking it slow if I had to, so that I'm kind of back where I was. And if not past that already going into the season, so that's good. Yeah, when you do more at-home workouts, um, does that give you some advantage as well because you're doing more body weight stuff, more band workouts? So does that give you more quickness when you head on the ice versus when you're just in the gym, you're doing more strength stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Where at home, I don't have as much weights. I have a ladder. I got my bands, my jump rope, so I can just work on all the small things. I'll make a bigger difference in the long run. Sorry. Now let's start off talking about last season with Lindenwood. This past season, there was many challenges a lot of teams had to face because of the pandemic. One of those challenges was not playing in front of any fans. Um, how did you adjust to not playing in front of a crowd, and what was that like for yourself? Yeah, um, it was difficult not playing in front of a crowd because that's where a lot of energy is generated from. You love to hear the crowd l- loud and when you make a good play or you get a goal. So I know it was really nice to play in front of Lindenwood fans in St. Louis. And then being on the road, you got a whole new environment to play in front of, which was nerve wracking, but also super exciting. So that was a big difference. A big part for me was um, since I'm around the New York border whenever we're playing down there my family gets to come and some friends and all so that was something that was weird to not have last season the family support when you're on the road but other than that I just feel like we had a really energetic team that was super loud so without those fans we were able to keep enough energy on our bench be positive be loud so I think we just filled the void within our team which was super I'm super happy for us for doing that because we had so much energy all season, even without fans, because we could just generate that from within and on the bench in the room. So that was good. And how did you adjust, I guess, being far away from home for such a long time? Because talking to a lot of players who are from Canada, they weren't able to go back home for the Christmas break. So how did you adjust to not being uh, with your family and not having your family in the crowd as well? Because that seems like a tough adjustment. Yeah, I got to go home at Christmas, thankfully. But even then, I had five-month periods without my family, which is the longest I've ever gone. So I just think FaceTime, lots of text messages, and just trying to keep in touch as much as possible because it can be hard being away from home. It's definitely something to get used to. I still don't even have it down being a junior. So Mm -hmm. it's okay just keeping in touch and making sure to put in that effort with home and get it back, and you'll be good to go. Now, something I noticed watching your team was your team brought the energy on the bench, even without that crowd crowd noise. So whenever there was a block shot or another great play, your bench went crazy. Was that something your team kind of preached before the season was to bring that energy on the bench since there wasn't going to be a crowd uh, to go off of? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like going into it, if you have a close enough team, you that energy is just completely natural. If we, you have a close team, you respect your teammates, you're good friends with your teammates. And if you see somebody take a block shot like that or make a good pass. It's just completely 
natural to have those reactions. I think it's also very contagious. So if a couple of the girls start off being loud right early in the season and make sure that that is known to the girls coming in that we preach energy that'll just spread amongst the bench and everyone will follow suit and like have fun doing it because it makes it more fun. Yeah, and how were the freshmen this past year? I guess now the sophomores. Um, yeah. Talk about the impact they made on the team and also some of the transfers that came into your team as well uh, this past season. Yeah, so we had a transfer and some freshmen come in and it was difficult at first. I remember last season because of COVID, we couldn't be in big groups. We kind of only saw each other at the rink to get started off, which was difficult. But yeah, they brought in a lot of good energy. They're hard workers. I mean, we have a couple of D that have come in, Tegan and Taya, and they're big bodies and they're really good players. So they were awesome on the decor. And then a group of three of forwards brought lots of energy and just quick speed. And it's nice to have a upcoming group of girls be speedy and kind of set that tone. So we had that from them and then we had a transfer. So yeah, just a lot of speed was brought into our team last year. And a lot of girls that just meshed with everyone else had that positive attitude and that will to get better, which I think is just going to set us up more for this season because they have their foot in the door. They're confident going into the season and then we'll just keep rolling and keep building that way. Now, have you met this year's uh, freshman yet or not, not haven't had the chance to yet? Yeah, we've had a couple of open skates being here and just seeing them around campus. And yeah, it's, I'm excited for the season. It seems like we brought in a good class again. And we have a couple of transfers as well from Vermont. So it's going to be fun getting into the swing of things. I believe on Saturday we have a team lift and then the following Monday we'll start skating normally like we always do. So I'm anxious, excited to get back to that because right now it's just the open ice optional type of skates. But yeah, we'll get after it soon. Yeah, I want to ask you, how'd you help those French freshmen uh, transition into college hockey this past year, not seeing them that often? And since it was such a different year compared to when you were a freshman coming in, how'd you try to help their transition uh, during that uh, time period? Yeah, um, I feel like hockey-wise is so different than school and socially because the whole social aspect of college was kind of taken away from most freshmen last year. So just making sure that just to include everybody in the best way possible because coming here to meet your friends for life and also to play some really good hockey. So just making sure that everyone's included and you have that close knit group. And then on the ice, I just say that it's so important to preach the contagious spread of positivity and to have girls that are all on the same page as soon as they come in, because then you're building a team with consistency rather than having girls be on 10 different pages. So as soon as that class comes in, it's important to establish some boundaries, some rules, not being super, hard or anything but just saying this is the way this is what our team values this is what how we play as a team and then going forward everyone's on the same page and you're more likely to have a closer group and a more successful group yeah no that's something that I never really considered was from last year a lot of players had to work out in small groups before they can work out with the entire team so trying to build that consistency and it's hard to do that when the entire team separated for most of the beginning of the year so that's kind of interesting to hear from your perspective how you try to Absolutely. Um, before the season started. Mm-hmm. Now, how'd you deal with the schedule changes as well? Because especially towards the beginning of the season in the CHA, there was a lot of schedule changes. The schedule got pushed back until like late November, I believe. So what was your, your mindset going through all that? And how did you mentally deal with the schedule changes? And what was, your, what was the key for maintaining flexibility for this year? Yeah, the uh, pushing back at the beginning of the season was a whole lot different than in season. Because while we were in season, I know our seniors – 
got taken away their senior weekend because we ran into some issues with other just with the conference and COVID and then we had another weekend postponed or cancelled so just adjusting to that is so different from the beginning of the year because when you come in and we're just starting to practice thinking we're starting in a month or we're starting in a couple of weeks you get so excited and you get into game mode and then for that to be postponed and postponed it's just important that as a team everyone keeps practicing to the same degree of effort and you don't let off the gas and you play you act like you're still going to be playing that weekend even though it might be a couple more weeks that you're going to be going for so that's just something that we were really trying to get across is that your efforts the same every time you come even though maybe you're not playing that weekend maybe you're playing the following weekend but just that effort stays up and that good habits are built and then in season when all that was going on we were just staying patient sticking as a team and getting through it together because just trying to focus on the things that we could control yeah no that seems like that was probably the most difficult part of the year was just dealing with the schedule changes and the unknown as well just because you never knew when a weekend could have been postponed or canceled how'd you deal with the unknown personally yeah i i was okay with it i've no i kind of just try to focus on the things that i can control so i knew that i couldn't do anything about it. it's not like i myself could tell them when us when we want to play and then we go that way so it's just important to relax go with the flow and just make sure that the team was growing no matter what whether we were playing or we weren't playing yeah no i'm a bit of a control freak so like it's, that was like the biggest thing i had to learn during this uh, pandemic and still have to learn is that i can't control everything and even though i want to uh, it's something that i can't do so that's like i feel like as a hockey player you want to control everything you can just to put yourself in the best position to win. So that was probably a difficult thing for you to adjust to and for the coaches as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a new thing. Nobody's ever grown up playing hockey this way. So just knowing that everyone's in the same boat and we're all in it together was something that helped me out a lot. Did your team have to wear masks at all during practices or on the ice during the beginning of the year? Because I just noticed that, but it seemed like it kind of got looser uh, throughout the season when a uh, vaccination started happening. Yeah, so I think uh, we did weight room masks the entire year even if you were lifting the mask stayed on and then on the ice when we were practicing we didn't have to wear it but then when you were warming up or doing anything around the rink you did so it was nice that I know some teams wore their mask while practicing we didn't have to which was awesome but yeah in the weight room we had to 24 7. And how did you adjust to that being under a mask and lifting like a huge weight because that seems like it's a difficult challenge to do already lifting that tough weights are tough to do on your own but with the mask I feel like it's even more difficult yeah a lot of water breaks I would just drink water every 30 seconds to lower the mask and take a take Mm -hmm. a breath but no it was it was different uh running we got to take them off thankfully because I cannot imagine running with a mask on but during the weight sessions just a lot of breaks with water to Mm -hmm breathe in some fresh air yeah no I was talking to other players and they had to wear some players had to wear the mask like on the ice and doing those bag skatings uh, with the mask is like the most brutal thing ever yeah I I couldn't imagine yeah no I couldn't imagine either that seems I don't know how they did it but they they managed to do it but I guess it builds a character so yeah exactly that's an experience you can talk about for so long Mm -hmm. I used to play hockey with a mask on it's so weird (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah definitely now one thing we talked about last podcast was how you balance both academics and hockey um how'd you balance it this year with things being online yeah um I don't think I'm one for online school because it's just it's so different I love the in-person interactions even interviews and meetings on zoom which is something I'm not used to and I prefer in-person things but I understand that it was a way that way for a reason but it's just all about 
holding yourself accountable, being disciplined, just because you're really on your own schedule. I would, this past year, I made sure to kind of designate Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays to the library. And I would just be in there trying to get all my work done for the week because we'd have games on the weekend most likely. So I kind of made sure that I was all about school and practice for those three days and then could breathe and have a good weekend just focusing on hockey. But yeah, that, that kind of saved me just being in the library 10 hours that for those three days. Yeah, no, I feel like it might have been different for yourself because you had that one year of experience doing in-person classes for myself going into my freshman year in college last year. Uh, all I knew was online learning. And I think the biggest adjustment I had to make was trying to like make sure I'm focused in class, which seems crazy. But like when you're like in your room or like in your dorm room, you're used to like not working or doing. Oh, absolutely. So it's hard to like maintain that focus and have that drive to get work done quickly. Because when I went to the library during school, um, I was getting work done at a much faster pace and doing it more better, I feel like, than when I was in my dorm, just because I had to continue to motivate myself to not get distracted and to get yeah. my work done and to focus in class. That was like the biggest thing I had to learn. Yeah, I'm in the same boat school, uh, where I can't focus in my room. So mm -hmm. I totally cannot relate to what you're saying. Yeah, no, but you know, I managed to get through it. It was definitely a bit odd, but I'll be having some in-person classes. So I have another thing to adjust to. Yeah, uh, it's my nice. second year. Okay, so I didn't know you were a sophomore in college. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's so it's definitely going to be di different for me. I feel like you're used to it, though. You're going to your third year now, so you're probably used to doing the in-person and online. I feel like for us sophomores, we, we we're used to just doing a college in a different way. So we're kind of going into our freshman year, essentially, some t a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. I was sitting uh, in my 10 o'clock class next to one of my teammates who was a freshman last year and a sophomore this year. And she's like, this is my first in-person college class. It was the mm -hmm. weirdest thing, but it's fine. You'll enjoy it. How'd you deal with the Zoom breakout rooms? Because that's something I absolutely hated, um, especially because I didn't know anyone at my school. So super weird to do those breakout rooms because I'm a communications major. So a lot of my classes, you had to like talk to different students to get work done. How'd you deal with it? That was like so tough for myself. Yeah, I feel like uh, my favorite classes were classes with participation marks because then I was guaranteed to need to participate because other than that, I would just be sitting around listening to my lecture. So I really like those classes where I was almost forced to participate because then I was more engaged, but it's so easy for those breakout rooms and stuff to just stay quiet and just listen. So I just think that when participation grades were on the uh, like on the floor up for grabs that it was better for me because I actually felt the will to communicate and to participate, which was good. Yeah, no, I had a few of those classes where the participation was the how you pass the class or part mm -hmm. of how you pass the class. And yeah, it definitely helped the Zoom breakout rooms become less awkward, but you still had that. Like I remember like some people's cameras didn't work or microphones didn't work. So you're just talking to yourself, trying to get the work done and someone's just typing something. So that was like probably the, the thing I hated the most about um, online school but the one thing I will say about online school before we get to the next question was I felt like it was easier to balance my schedule just because I had more free time to do what I needed to do I don't yeah. know if it was if it's the same for yourself yeah well being a if you're an independent person then you're totally making your own schedule and just if you're staying disciplined then I think that it's great for that you can go at your own pace you can choose when you want to take those study breaks so I completely get where you're coming from and that's one thing I liked about it as well just being able to design my own days and decide when I want to be at the library or when I want to be relaxing or when I'm going to be at the rink. It was just mm -hmm. nice to have a different way of school. 
Yeah, especially the student athlete when you're balancing all those aspects of your life uh, when you're in school. So I feel like it, that that aspect of online learning definitely was a benefit for yourself. It was a benefit for me just being a student. So yeah, I think a lot of us could say the same then. Now, one highlight from this past year, hockey wise, was how Lindenwood swept RIT in a weekend series. Um, how did it feel to sweep that series, especially since it was your team's first wins of the year after going on a tough stretch uh, to start off the season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always nice to walk away from an away weekend with that on your back and with that achievement. Um, it felt good and any team win like that brings everyone together and just creates such good energy within the locker room. And like I said, it's nice to walk away from an away weekend and come home and just have that confidence leading into your week of practice, knowing that you were able to accomplish what you just accomplished. And it kind of just builds good mojo going into your following weekend of play because you just came off of such a good one and you're practicing different and the energy is different and it just builds a really good culture when you achieve something like that with your team. And Rachel Goff got that game winning goal in the second game. How did it feel from your perspective to see her score that game winner since she transferred from RIT yeah. this past year? I, Rachel is a great player and we all feel the same way about her. So it was like the whole bench was proud of her and she deserved it. She had a killer game and to walk away from that game being her with that goal must have meant a lot. We gave her game puck, I remember, and she deserved it. It was awesome. What was she like as a teammate last year, uh, both on and off the ice, especially for her coming in as a transfer um, in a sophomore role as well, just because I feel like it's a definitely an odd space to be because you have that year of college hockey under your belt, but you're still a new player on the team. Yeah, she was really great at meshing with everyone. She's a super positive and loud and energetic girl, so she had no problem like like molding with the team and just getting her foot in the door she's a great player too so we had her in a lot of leadership roles on the ice she was involved everywhere so she's the type of transfer that you want to bring in just because you're getting such a great player and such a great teammate and a lot of our team has so much respect for it just because she's a leader on the ice for sure so it was awesome that we got her last year and that she is ready for another year this year now, heading into the CHA playoffs this year, what was your team's mindset um, heading into that game against Syracuse? Yeah, of course, we wanted to last for as long as we could. That's We worked so hard to get to playoffs, and coming all that way, you don't want to leave empty-handed. So I think it was just a matter of working as a team to get what we all wanted, which was that to get to that last game and win. And unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But you walk into a weekend just with confidence in yourself and with your team, and you want to kind of work as hard as you can to claim what's yours, which would be the title at the end. Yeah, talk a little bit more about that game against Syracuse. What did you take away from it overall? Yeah, it was uh, kind of you walk away from a game like that just knowing that there's so much work to be that needs to be done. We didn't want to be in the position that we ended up in in that, comp, in that uh, playoff game, sorry. So you just want to walk away from it, being on the same page with your whole team, that there's a lot of work to be done in the summer, and you just hope that after uh, – unfortunate game like that that everybody wants to put in a lot of work to come back better this fall and I think that walking away from the arena that day we were all on the same page that we're going to work hard this summer and come back a different team. Yeah when you look back on that game now what do you think needs to be done to get over that hump and win a CHA playoff game because that's something we talked about last podcast was working on trying to win a CHA playoff game and get that title at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that everybody being on the same page, coming away from the ranks the most important and just understanding that the whole team wants wants a win. We all want to be at the same place. So figuring out how 
we can all work together and how we can all get to where we want to be. And I think just building good team culture right off the bat is going to be the best way to do it. And we have such great culture from the past two years I've been here. And I think that with all the girls coming in, we're just going to make it even better. So I'm excited to start practicing and I'll get on the same page because I I'm feeling good about this season. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. What's it like playing in the CHA? Uh, just uh, the competition you face every night. It seems like it's one of the best conferences in college hockey. However, um, it's one of the smaller conferences and it's the one of the least known conferences in college hockey when you're first learning about the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I love playing in the CHA because there's a lot of girls from my, uh, around where I'm from in Ottawa or just in Ontario. So I grew up playing against some of these girls in junior hockey. So it's really fun to grow out of juniors together and play each other. It's good competition. It's you kind of play every game, not knowing who's going to take it. So I think just the possibility of walking into any game, knowing that it can go either way is one of the reasons I love playing in the CHA. And I love watching other teams compete against each other just because most games you go into it with a, and if not, uh, you're going to win this game mindset. It's uh, it can go either way mindset. Now, I want to get your perspective on this because you're another CHA player. So Penn State had one of the best records uh, throughout the regular season. They were a top 10 ranked team. However, since they didn't win the CHA tournament, they didn't make it into the national tournament. Uh, do you think they should have made it in the national tournament in your perspective? And do you think your team gets or your conference gets overlooked because of just because of how it might not be as well known as the CAC or Hockey East? I think that Penn State's a really great team. They're always really fun to play against. It's a competitive game and they had a really good record finishing off. So I think that with that record, if it had the ability to bring them to the tournament, then it should have. But I just know that we love, I love playing against them. They're such good competition. It's an aggressive game. There's a lot of goals. So they're a great team and it would have been nice if it worked out for them. Now, another thing that happened during the summer for the CHA was Robert Morris had their program canceled, so they won't be in the uh, league uh, or conference uh, this season. Uh, What was your thoughts on the whole situation that happened? Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I know that everyone kind of learned about that news at the same time, so I couldn't imagine being on the other end of the stick, not knowing what your future holds at school. But I think that as a conference, we'll keep growing, and I feel bad for their program because they had a they had a good program going, but I think as a conference, we'll just grow from here and uh, have a competitive year this year and then go about next year as it comes and just take one step at a time. And how does that affect your conference's um, tournament, I guess, availability? Because I was reading somewhere where, like, since Robert Morris left the CHA, now the CHA was one team under the limit to get an automatic bid for the national tournament. However, I heard that you guys still get one because it's like a three-year period before that kicks in. Um, Am I right on that? I'm just curious. Yeah, you are. I remember we had a talk about it because a lot of girls were left under the same impression of you of thinking that we didn't have that uh, pass anymore because we were under the limit. But you do have that grace period of a couple years after you're below the limit. Now... Something that was introduced to college hockey this year was three and three overtime. As a fan, they're very fun to watch, but as a player, what was it like to be a part of them and have more space in the ice and have more offensive opportunities to score goals? Yeah, since that was introduced new, one of my favorite parts of practices were we take some time to do three on three just to get familiar with it and understand how much time you actually do have with the puck because that's not something that I was ever grown up doing. I've never played a three on three before, but like, in a game, of course, but um, it just sparks quick decisions, but patience at the same time, because you have so much time on the ice, but 
you might have a pass open for a minute or a second sorry and just yeah it's all about quick decisions and patience and then it's important to be disciplined when you're in that situation and if you see a battle going on and you want to jump into it maybe you can't because there's only three people on the ice you don't have as much support all over so it was exciting to watch your teammates play in that and excited exciting sorry to play in it because it's just something new and it's it's kind of unpredictable it's it's a good time for sure. I can say positive things about it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you obviously have to keep that defensive mindset because one little defensive mistake causes an odd man rush. Is that something that your team kind of preached for those three and three overtime situations was to be a little more defensively minded, even though you want to be very offensively minded because you have all that open space on the ice? Yeah, it's absolutely important to think about it both ways because if one team is playing more defensive, then maybe you can turn on your offensive mindset a little bit. So just reading the ice and seeing what everybody is what way every team's playing but I think discipline's the most important and just knowing that if maybe there's something going on up ice that you want to get involved in maybe you have to think more defensively and take a couple steps back. Now what are your goals and expectations for yourself and for your team uh, for this upcoming season? Yeah personally I think I'm gonna my biggest goal would be to contribute more offensively this year on the ice. I'm played a bit of wing and center last year. So it's just important that I that I have an f- offensive mindset going into this year because I was kind of raised by my dad to think really defensively. He'll always talk about it still, saying that he cursed me, but I just really want to play a more offensive game. And then something I want our team to achieve this year is to make sure that from freshmen to seniors, we're on the same page and we're all just spreading positivity and good good mojo to move forward because it's so important if you have such a long season eight months together you want to all be on the same page yeah i know especially since there's a lot of ups and downs to a season as well so it's important to kind of stay on that same page and have that same mindset uh, no matter what's going on uh, throughout the year yeah absolutely and understanding what our team values are so that there's really no steering away from being on the same page if you know what's expected of you and what everyone else expects of you then i don't know there's nothing really Nothing can go that south. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, you're going to be a junior on the team next year, so you're officially an upperclassman. First off, how does that feel uh, to not be an underclassman anymore? It's weird. It's weird. I've had to introduce myself as a junior a couple times already, and it's going to take some getting used to. My first two years went by way too quickly, but um, it's been nice seeing the freshmen come in this year and seeing how last year's freshmen have developed into sophomores. It's you kind of want to be proud of them like a mom almost because you're getting older, but it's going by too quickly, but I'm just going to keep enjoying it day by day and uh, make sure that the underclassmen get the best experience possible because if they like what they're doing and they're having fun, then we'll just be better as a team. Yeah. Is it weird for yourself having the freshmen look up to you? Because I feel like as a sophomore, um, a lot of the freshmen look up to the upperclassmen. So as a sophomore, you kind of get to fit right in, kind of do your own thing. You don't have to worry about leadership too much. But now since you're an upperclassman, all those uh, freshmen are looking up to you. So is it weird being in that position for the first time? For yeah, it's definitely weird. I've uh, In juniors, it was nice being that role for the girls. So I, it kind of comes naturally. I want the best for them. So I'm pretty excited for it. And I just think that there's a lot of great upperclassmen to look up to. So the freshmen will have great leaders coming in. Now, what type of leadership do you want to bring? Are you more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Yeah, I was raised to uh, understand that positivity and negativity 
spread at the same rate and they are equally there are equal amounts of contagious so I'm pretty vocal with my positive attitude and I just try to make sure that everyone's doing good and everyone's giving their best effort so I'm pretty vocal that way just making sure that everyone's doing their best and everybody's given what all that they got and then on the ice I lead by example mainly with my effort in a in my aggressive mindset in the corners and getting to pucks first but I'm excited to be able to have that voice in the locker room and make sure that our team's going up from here and that we get a good season this year. Now, I want to ask you about uh, one of your teammates. Uh, one teammate that really impressed me from Linden was Chloe Corbin. She was going into her freshman year. Uh, what was she like as a teammate, both on and off the ice? And just talk about the skill set that she brought to your team uh, last season. Yeah, so off the ice, she's a natural-born leader. I think she'll do great things in our program. She meshed really well right away, and she was able to get a get a good foot under the door for her freshman year. And on the ice, she's a hard worker. She's an aggressive player. She gets this puck off her stick when she's in the slot and gets shots off. So, yeah, we're lucky to have her, and she's a great Linwood player. Now, final hockey question before we get into the non-hockey segment was, what was the biggest thing you learned last year, and how are you going to use it heading into this season? Yeah, the biggest thing I learned was probably – just to control what I could control and to put my best foot forward all the time. I think that I've always grown up proving myself. So I just had to do that extra last year because it's difficult being a sophomore. I mean, people are coming in and they're looked upon and then your upperclassmen are leading. So just understanding that I had to play a role and I just made sure to just worry about that role was probably the biggest thing I learned and it definitely made me a better hockey player. So that's what I'd say. So we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. And this non-hockey segment is going to be a little different just because I found kind of just random questions on the internet uh, to ask you just because I didn't want to ask the same questions as last time. So my first non-hockey question uh, for you is besides hockey, what other sports are are you interested in or like to watch? Yeah. So um, this summer, just a couple weeks ago, I was really into the Olympics. I really loved watching the track events that were going on. So I would say that the track was really fun to watch in the Olympics. And I also enjoyed watching Canada row because we had watched me and my mom had watched this little documentary about how the women's rowing team in Canada was preparing for the Olympics. And because the heat was going to be so bad, they were training in a dome with like so much humidity in it. And they raised the temperatures up to mimic the ones that they're about to be competing in. So just the way that these athletes had to train because of the environment they were going into made me have a lot of respect for watching the Olympics. And I think I enjoyed it even more knowing that there was so much preparation needed before these games. And besides that, I watched, I uh, like the women's soccer finals mm-hmm. yet again, probably biased because of Canada, but it was, uh, yeah, probably those two events were my favorite. I've always enjoyed watching women's tennis, stuff like that. Yeah, no, rowing, I've rowed a few times, and it's so much fun to do, and it's a great workout just because it works out, like, I think 75% of your entire body. So it's a great <laughs> workout to do, but it's also super fun. So I've, I hope to continue to row a few more times uh, before the summer ends, uh, before the fall kicks in here in New England. Yeah, hopefully you get that. I haven't done much myself, but I love watching it. No, it's very fun. If you ever get the chance to do it, I highly recommend or buy a rowing machine as well. It's very expensive, but I think when you get it, <laughs> It's just a good workout to have um, just because of how much it uh, works out your entire body. Yeah. Okay, I will. If you want. I'm not forcing yeah. you. I'm just saying so that I really enjoy it myself. So. No, that's awesome. It's so fun to watch. So I can imagine. 
Well, for myself, uh, I'm a big hockey guy. That's always going to be number one. But I like baseball a lot. Uh, being a Red Sox fan, it was fun to watch them this summer before they didn't play well right now because they're kind of on a collapse. But I also worked for a baseball team as well this past summer, so it was cool. Uh, oh, that is very cool. Uh, with a different sport than I'm used to. So baseball is up there. And then obviously football, with football coming back, that's fun to watch. But I didn't really get the chance to watch too much of the Olympics because okay. the time zone difference was – brutal it was like the events were happening like at two or three in the morning and I just couldn't stay up to watch it it was so weird I'd always look for the little live button to see whether I was watching uh replays or all the sports live and I'd only get them live in the morning but other than that I was just watching replays and I enjoyed it yeah well at least you got the chance to see the replays I never really got to this was like the one Olympics I just didn't watch too much of just because the time zone difference was uh, very very different where, where I'm from so but it's going to be in Paris next year, so I assume that the, it would be a little less uh, – the time zone thing would be a little less um, – not as bad as it was uh, with Tokyo. Okay, yeah, that would be better. But, yeah, no, it should be interesting. I know uh, it's in Beijing, I think, for the Winter Olympics. Yeah, so I have to figure, So I have to figure out how to stay up to watch those hockey games when they come out. Uh, yes, exactly. So I will have to do that eventually, but I couldn't do it for the Summer Olympics. Yeah, well, you'll get a second chance pretty soon. I will, I will. Now, what is the worst commercial you've ever seen and why? Yeah, well, I can't think of the worst commercial I've ever seen, but I can think of the best. I love the Skip the Dishes commercial with John Hamm. He is a boy, like he's an actor from St. Louis, but I just, those commercials are so funny and it's the first thing I thought of. So I can't think of a worse, but those ones always, always mm-hmm. give me something to laugh at. So I enjoy those. I guess my favorite commercial was the DirecTV, like, hi, I'm Rob Lowe, and I have DirecTV, and I'm Rob Lowe, and I have cable. I thought those were pretty funny. And then the progressive yeah. commercials, which, like, don't be like your parents. I just think those are hysterical. I don't know if you've seen those. I think but... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, those are funny. But the worst commercials, by far, the Liberty Mutual commercials with Doug. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. I absolutely hate them. They play them so much during the NHL playoffs, I couldn't stand it anymore. So those are by far the worst commercials I've seen. They're not funny, and they're just annoying. No, that's good. I I should have thought of something like that, but I can only think of the best. So Yeah. At least I gave you something now, so that's good. Yeah, no, I'd probably YouTube it after and just cringe. <laughs> now, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? I was trying to think of things I've read. I was in class today and I read a couple of cool things. But besides that, I went to Nashville for the first time a little bit ago. So seeing the uh, bridge, the Bridgestone Arena where Nashville plays was super cool. And then seeing Broadway Street was another experience like no other. So that's mm-hmm. something super cool I've seen in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I know Nashville is a great city from everyone that's been there. It's like a great night night scene which um if i ever get the chance to go down there that's something i want to experience because it's like the country feel it seems really fun to go to yeah it was really i've never it was my first time there so it was a really cool experience did you get any predators gear or are you a blues senators or maple Leafs fan i don't know like i know some people like to get uh get um other nhl teams gear especially when they visit those places yeah being in ottawa it's kind of weird but i'm a leafs fan my mom's from toronto so she got me early in my life and converted me. So I'm a Leafs fan and I like the Blues too. And I do like Ottawa, but I've never really watched many Nashville games besides if they're playing Toronto or Ottawa. So I didn't grab any gear, but that would have been cool. Yeah. Well, with the Blues, I'm a big Bruins fan. So obviously oh. with the Blues being the being the Bruins in the Stanley Cup, they, it's definitely, it hurts a little bit every time I see that logo. Uh, I can imagine. The Bruins so. won that 
Stanley Cup uh, uh, series because they were so close to it. Yeah, shoot. Well, I'm sorry for bringing it up. No, it's all good. It's all good. I'm assuming, I'm being a Bruin, Bruins fan, I've probably brought up some bad memories with the Leafs and Bruins in the playoffs a few years ago. So I okay, feel like it works it. both ways, I guess. 4-1 lead. I'll never forget it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then the Bruins blew that Stanley Cup in game six. So we got <laughs> our revenge, I guess. I guess so. No, I guess the most interesting thing I saw this week was, it's kind of sad, but the water uh, situation out west, there's a river in Colorado that's starting to lose water, and the federal government eventually finally put like a like a crisis on it, so like now they're going to have to figure out how to like bring water back to this like one reservoir, and it's just, it just shows like how water is such a valuable resource that needs to be taken more seriously, and eventually it's going to be very valuable when if water keeps up. Uh, uh, not keeps these rivers keep losing water, especially out west. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. I haven't heard anything about it. And then obviously with the hurricane coming through New England, um, I was doing some research on hurricanes, and I just thought they were pretty interesting of how they start in the Atlantic Ocean and come up here, and yeah. how they're kind of important because they help regulate temperature uh, for the equator as well. So I thought that was really cool. That is cool. But you've been everything's been good over there. Yeah, we were very lucky. We never, we only got some wind and rain, but I don't know what it's like in other places of New England. So I hope those people are doing well. Yeah, hopefully. Now, if, if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play your role and why? I was thinking I would probably say my sister, just because we look <laughs> extremely like she's not an actress, but uh, we look alike, and she knows the most about me. So I think she'd do the role perfectly, and vice versa. She's a couple <laughs> years older than me, and we're tied at the hip so I'd give it to her yeah and uh well, do you think she would do anything uh, in that movie that like I don't know how to I feel like it'd be weird to play like a sibling just because like you were there for their experiences and then having to be in that other role but I feel like she would do a good job like doing some of the funny impressions of yourself maybe yeah exactly I know that uh in our family we love doing impressions of one another because we know each other so well so she definitely embarrassed me but I'd give her the position to play me for sure I guess for myself, um, I don't know, probably like a comedian like Pete Davidson. I think he's a funny guy. So I think yeah. it'd have him, be cool to have him play in a movie or like Ryan Reynolds. We look obviously nothing alike. But I think it would be cool to say that Ryan Reynolds played me in a movie. That's um, a good answer. So I can be one of the few people to say that. So I thought that would be cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, final non-hockey question is what music uh, do you like to listen to, whether it's on a general basis or um, before a game? Yeah, I'm pretty easy going with music. I'm into alternative house, country. So yeah, pretty much those three genres and I'm easy going with everything else. I love I love all music. Nice. Have you been to any concerts recently since they're starting to come back up? Not really, honestly. I've been to a country show a bit ago, but being in Canada when it was locked down and then all of last year was mm-hmm. non-existent. So nothing, nothing too crazy, but a little bit here and there, which is a bit of live music which is a cool difference yeah definitely i haven't been to a concert in a while either i haven't been to a hockey game since like february of 2020 so i'm really oh, desperate wow. to head back to one uh, because that's like i'm very desperate to head back to one uh soon so hopefully in october um college hockey will let fans back in i think yeah, they will, but i have to knock on wood because you just never know what the things going on no there. i'm gonna join you i haven't heard too much about what the fan situation is going to be like so i'm excited I think it will come back maybe like only at like a certain amount of capacity at worst um, with socially distanced. That's my assumption. Yeah. And I'm being very hopeful about that. But like I said, it's something that's out of my control and I can't control it, but I really hope 
um, it does come back and it's starting to, it's about to be a month until the season starts. So I'm going to cross my fingers that uh, things will hold up and fans will be allowed back in the buildings. Yeah, it's come quick. That's for sure. I can't believe it, but I'm excited. Now, Back to some hockey questions now, I guess. This is more about the podcast, but what are your thoughts on the podcast since we last had you on? Um, I hope I improved a little bit since our last interview. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was uh, super cool to kind of know what we're going to be talking about before going in. That's something new, and we've had great conversations so far. I've had a pleasure, and I think that the questions you were asking were new and good, and I've enjoyed listening to your other podcasts with people just to – see everyone else's perspective on their college career so yeah I just think knowing what we're going to talk about before coming in has been super helpful and it's made the whole interview process more enjoyable for sure well I appreciate the feedback it means a lot to me and I've been trying my best to improve and make this as professional as possible so that's something I've like to say I've done a good job at uh, for the past year but uh, what are some things I guess you took away from the interview when we last had you on, I thought I did a decent job, but it was very quick. I was very nervous throughout it. So I apologize about no, that. Don't apologize. It was quick. This has been longer. <laughs> it's been nice, but uh, yeah, it was nice to hear it and just be able to reflect on my freshman year that way and have that documented. So I definitely took away from it that, I don't know, it was just a lot of reflecting and it was nice to get the opportunity to sit down with you and kind of be forced to reflect and understand the privileges that college athletes have being at a school and being able to play the sport that they love. So yeah, a lot of reflecting came about that because even after our call, I got the chance to just think about the opportunity opportunities I have and the other athletes you're interviewing. So that was, that was nice. Yeah, I know. I was going through some of the old interviews I did last summer and when this interview gets posted, since we post our interviews on YouTube now, I'll post the older interview on the YouTube channel as well. So you get the chance to see, um, that watch that interview and then watch this one as well. I feel like it would be cool to uh, reflect on a year. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. I didn't know that you were doing that on YouTube. Yeah, I know. It's been cool. It adds a new audience, which I thought was important. So that's why I post nice. the interviews on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, quick plug right here. I'll go <laughs> do that at College Hockey Talk. I would appreciate that. No, absolutely. I'll go do that after we're done. Well, um, any guests that we should have on in the future, I'll, I feel like I've interviewed some of the Ottawa uh, Lady Sanders teammates you've had, but if there's anyone I forgot to mention, uh, feel free uh, to let me know. Yeah, no, I was uh, running through who you've done in the past a little bit, and I saw some past teammates like Stockdale. And Oh, she's awesome. Was, yeah, that was really cool to see, but I think uh, the Ottawa Sens group that we had growing up was super cool, so you could hit a lot of girls, a lot of them went to college. I know that one girl I played with for a couple of years was Chloe McNeil. She played at Providence for a year and just transferred to RIT. So I'll get to play against her in a bit, but yeah, that would, she's a great girl. Someone fun to look at from the Ottawa area. Yeah. And any uh, youth sport athletes as well. Cause I thought that was interesting. Does your sister play college hockey? Cause I, no, I, she doesn't. She played juniors growing up, but mm-hmm. just went to school. I know that um, college hockey, I mean, youth sport hockey, sorry. I, there's a girl, Lauren Ball. She plays at Toronto. I played with her. Um, there's a couple girls from Concordia. I didn't play with them. I'm trying to think of other. Sid Linden plays out east. I played with her for a year. Um, I'm not familiar with the exact school name, but may, a lot of the girls that I played with are somewhere around. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that everyone grew up to become hockey players of their own at their schools. Will there ever be a reunion for your junior team at all in the future? Yeah, we usually have uh, alumni skates, and I had them last summer, but we didn't have anything 
too big this summer. So usually we'll get together in the summer and see each other. I didn't get the chance to this summer, but definitely next. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Now, normally I say if you have any shout outs, feel free to make them now. But uh, if there's anything you like to talk about, the floors are all yours. Or if there's any shout outs you like to give, uh, feel free to do those now. Yeah, no, I just thank you for bringing on so many college athletes. It's nice to get to hear about everybody's experiences and everybody's perspectives at their school. And it's just women's hockey is growing so much. So it's just nice to hear about everybody's experiences and it's nice to keep talking about the game and to get women talking about hockey so it's awesome thank you yeah no problem one thing I wanted to help with this college hockey talk platform was for both men's and women's college hockey so it's cool to get to meet having the chance to meet some of these players virtually of course um has been has been a privilege for myself so I've been very thankful for the players to come on and talk about their experiences so thank you very much for uh, doing this not just once but twice Yeah, absolutely. It's great talking to you. So thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming back on, Gigi. I appreciate your time. It means a lot to me. You're one of my favorite college hockey players to watch. And I just want to let you know that you're a great person, great player, and you always will have a fan in myself. uh, So just uh, something to remember uh, to play for this year. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully you can uh, get out to a game if we're out East or anything. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll definitely uh, keep my lookout uh, when the schedule comes out. Uh, I know. Oh, great, that, I think I know the conference schedule came out. I don't know if the out of conference schedule is out yet or not. Okay. Yeah, I feel like most of ours is. I can even forward mm-hmm. it to you. But yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely take a look at that after the interview and uh, make some plans if you guys do come out east. So I'll be, okay, perfect. I'll be on the lookout for that. Sounds good. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. start to dry Even when the sun begins to shine again Taking all the advice there is and none of it has helped Experience has made me realize that I won't build my life on empty words